Hey, welcome to another Root Issues Podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm here today with Luke. Luke. How's it going? The Luke. The Luke. And hey, we are jumping in. Steve is not here again this week, so we're just calling this our podcast now. <laughs> and wow, we have got a great thing to throw up on the table today. Um, Derek Brown, the worship pastor here at Crossroads Church, he took the stage. Sure did. And he always never fails to deliver. And so his title for yesterday's sermon is called The Understudy, Mm. Part 1. Did you know about understudies, like in plays and stuff? Because I didn't know about that. Well, you know, you're really not just (laughs) encouraging me in the hope for the next year. Yes, I understand understand what an understudy is, known about understudies. Okay, because I didn't. You know, I mean, I don't know if I knew as much as, like, you know, Derek brought out to us yesterday, but I am going to say, yeah, I had a basic common understanding of what an understudy is. That's good. You know, yeah. I mean, some of the plays that Derek mentioned in his message are, you know, musicals I have seen in actual theater. Okay. Yeah. Would you recommend or? No, I really don't recommend. I mean, you know, <laughs> I know this is where we're getting into the trouble, you know, because I'm like, theater? Who has time for theater? You know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm a producer. There's a time for everything, Chris. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There we go. All right. Well, anyway, so Derek took us on this journey. Um, Derek is super buzzed right now just about discipleship and formation of us as a church body and individuals. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, we always say that D word, discipleship. You know, it's just, it's in the, it's in the DNA and it's just something that I think, you know, in my 20 years here at church, has been something that, you know, we've been searching out, trying to understand more. What does it mean to make disciples? Yep. And so no no surprise that Derek brought us an incredible teaching on discipleship. And he, and he took it from this, this theme of being an understudy. Mm-hmm. And so if you tune into this message, you should. If you want to know more about, like, the inner workings of the understudy, he gave us four great points that we're going to hit sometime in this podcast. But I think we're going to start out with this incredible quote. Yep, that was a very cool quote. Why don't you go ahead and roll that quote, Luke? Spiritual formation is the process of being formed in the likeness of Christ for the sake of others. That's by M. Robert Mulholland. Mulholland, yeah. But but that hit me hard because, like, I think so many times when we think of, like, okay, I'm going to go read my Bible. I'm going to go get close to God. It's it's for me, right? So I grow my relationship. It's so I, you know, get that bond. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I guess when we break down, it's like, it's it's really not for me. It's so I become a light yeah it is for me in the sense of like well that's totally. the relationship yeah. but every time with anything you do in life if you get really good at let's say business you make a lot of money right mm-hmm. that money's not just for you that's yeah. you can bless others yeah. so i kind of like that perspective of you're gaining that relationship to bless others with it yeah so. no totally and i mean it's like you know just that quote you know it's like you know just that you may be formed like christ okay mm-hmm. i mean it's like the whole word he used there formed you know it wasn't shaped it wasn't chiseled it's like you know we need to be just pliable and moldable and formed i mean it makes me think of like a matrix you know because a matrix is a mold and if you've got a matrix mold for a chocolate bunny and the bunny's got three ears as much as you wish it only had two ears anytime you pull another chocolate bunny out of that mold that matrix is going to have three ears yeah and so you know so for me it's like wow i'm pouring myself into the mold of jesus Mm -hmm. so that i come out like jesus and it doesn't happen overnight you know it's like i'm gonna go and i'm gonna get in my bible i'm gonna study the word i'm gonna draw closer to god so that it's another time that i come out of the matrix a little more like jesus it is like how much do you give to that mold yeah 
totally. Know? Like, do you just pour yourself in? Or like, I'm going to give 10 minutes to this mold, yeah. you know? And, and I mean, I love the whole that it's, you know, so that it benefits others. I've got um, a book that I've been going through with Ambler, and it's called Get Your Story Straight. Okay. And the whole, it's a 365 devotional, and the whole thing is just realigning that you know your life, your story, it's not yours. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're a supporting cast member. It can be yours, but it's usually not going to yeah, be. Well, yeah, well, it's not going to be fully what it's supposed to be, but yeah. if you look at it in a God perspective, and if you look at it in a biblical worldview, that you see that your life is a supporting role, it's an understudy of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that we're taking on what he sees as important, and that's what becomes important to us. And so it's like, get your story straight. Because if you chase things just for yourself, and not for the kingdom of God, it's just going to come up empty. Mm-hmm. And I think the greatest way to look at that and where you are in that journey, I guess, is like, uh-huh. what does your time go to, right? Yeah, and that's time. Like the next thing time, you went time, into. Time, 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 time. So it's good, like a good gauge to see, okay, yeah. how much time am I putting into this? Uh-huh. How much time am I putting into that? And you can almost just see that as like, okay, 80% goes to this, 20% yeah. goes to this. So it's like, well, I should maybe switch it up a little bit. <laughs> well, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, hey, did you have your five minute quiet time this morning? I did not. No, you did not, huh? Not even five minutes, hey? No. Nope. You had an hour and a half long one, right? I prayed in the car. Yeah, you prayed in the car. And with traffic today with the bridge at Aspen, if you live here and you're local, you know what we're talking about. (laughs) You got a lot of time to pray in the car. A lot of things to pray for. Yeah, a lot of things to pray for. There's a little road rage going on out there and flaggers. Um, But so when we think about it, it's like, Derek really kind of honed in on time. He almost went on a sub mini message on time Mm -hmm. because time does show where we put our values. And I mean, one of his points was, you know, that the first thing that an understudy does is he reads the script. Like, and so for us, if we're looking at that we're an understudy of Jesus, then the script is the Bible. It's knowing God's word, but not just reading it as lines, but reading it as a way of reforming us into his image. This goes perfectly back to what we talked about yeah. last week, his yeah. character. We're reading the script to learn that character, yeah, to learn absolutely. his to know what he would do in whatever situation. So. Yeah, and so then we can apply that back to us. And so, you know, like, where is the time spent? Okay, so you represent your generation. I represent me, and I'm my own generation in a sense because mm-hmm. I'm a producer, and so I just want to produce all the time. There's very little sitting. There's very little... I mean, everybody that I know, and it's come up a lot. So maybe God's trying to show me something, but I haven't really figured it out. Maybe it's like, you know, just a road sign in front of me. But everybody's like, well, you're so busy. And I'm like, yeah. busy? I'm not really busy. I mean, I'm not, I got lots of time, you know. I mean, I can make anything fit in, you know. But they're ever, even my daughter, Cara, last night, she was like, well, you're just so busy. <laughs> and I'm like, what? No. I mean, are you saying that because I never sit down? Are you saying that because I'm always doing something? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's like, to whatever the greatest need is, that's where I'm going to go. Okay. And that's where I'm going to put my time. You know, like if I have a brother... I mean, I sat down, you know, like years ago with a brother who dropped an atomic bomb at coffee at 8 in the morning. And we didn't finish that coffee until like 1.30, and then we just moved to another place in town to have lunch. And I wasn't done with him till maybe close to 5. But and he, he just kept saying, like, well, don't you have other things to do? I'm like, brother, <laughs> compared to what you just dropped on the table, nothing is more important. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and so I don't know, like, you know, when I think about my life and I think about my time and how I spend it, I question, like, am I just busy? Because Derek talked about that, like, just being busy. 
mm-hmm. you know, and not really producing maybe fruit out of the time. But like, so where where's your generation at? Like, I mean, you're mm-hmm. a busy guy. You're self-employed. You've got tons of clients, tons of things to produce. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like you spend your time? Yeah, a lot of my time is spent obviously working. Uh-huh. Um, and then I try to always just make time to have fun. Okay. So the balance is always hard. Okay. But I think the biggest problem for the generation we currently live in uh-huh. is there's always something there to fill your time if you want it. Yeah. There's all there's like from what I've heard, yeah, <laughs> back in the day, yeah, there was times where you would just be alone. You maybe didn't even have music with you. Yeah. Right. And now nowadays you're always connected. Even if you're not connected, you've got gigabytes of stuff on your phone you can Yeah. Consume. consume yeah okay so let's <laughs> so, talk about that let's talk about that because you're talking about like connection being connected you know how is connection shifting and manipulating our view of time how is connecting okay yeah being connected i yeah. mean you know you're like being connected you know i mean it's like you know everybody's got like at least one airpod always in i think it's you're not connected to reality in okay sense. you're connected to what you're connected to which is Okay. The inner interwebs, which is the interwebs, a lot the of it is not real. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so, so like connection can just overpower us to where we don't have that time. Because what I heard you say was like in the old days, yeah. and that would have been my days, um, you know, there was time to reflect. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's something like, you know, in middle school ministry, every Sunday we do journaling time because we're trying to just stop yeah. and say, can you reflect? I think being bored is something that we've lost in this culture in a sense. Okay. So we're, we're but, still but, bored. We're still bored. <laughs> now every parent right now is going to say, what, what? Yeah. You know, because I like that's all I ever hear my kids say. I'm bored. Yeah. I'm so bored. And I'm like, what? We're bored. So help but, me understand. We're bored, but we fill it with trash essentially just to make the time go by. Where I think when you were born, maybe in the past, when I was younger even, like I yeah. would draw something, I'd be yeah. doing something maybe more creative or just go outside and see what happens, yeah. right? Not instantly go to this one solution yeah. to fill my time. Okay. Um, but time itself, like yeah. if you go all the way back to time, in a mm-hmm. sense, almost like God created us for eternity, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the main punishments for, for the fall was the, the clock started ticking. Yeah. In a sense of okay. like, okay, we're dead now spiritually, mm-hmm. but now we also have a timer on yeah. how long our physical yeah. bodies last. Totally. And so we get a certain amount of years now and that's the most critical in our lives because that's what determines what side of eternity we're on, right? Because, I mean, we can do the whole argument like is hell eternal or is it temporary? But I think heaven's definitely eternal. So what side of eternity are you on? Which Mm -hmm. side? And you get this amount of years to choose. Okay. It could be hours depending on when you die. But so it's just like we're made for eternity, but we have a certain amount of time to decide. So it's like... We, we should use it wisely. Okay. Okay. And so Derek's number two point, you know, when he's talking about the understudy, because he's giving us four examples of what an understudy is. And then in the message he spoke about, I'm sure you know him because of his presence in Marvel and such, but Anthony Hopkins. You not might really. No, not really. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, I know like my kids would know who his character is, but they might not know that. Oh, his name is Anthony Hopkins. Okay. But, you know, he's just this phenomenal actor. He's played multiple roles across, you know, just years and years. But he started as an understudy. And that, you know, because he took his understudy role seriously back in the 60s, then he has evolved into just this incredible high-caliber actor. And so in point two that Derek make, he said that the second thing an understudy does is use their time well. 
Mm-hmm. And we're talking about time. And so listen, this is a part one and a part two. So I would love any of y'all out there, rootissues at ccaspen.com to just let us know, like, how do you feel about time? Is time on your side? Is time something that you feel like you're always working against? Do you make the statement, I just don't have enough time? Because we would just love to hear. Because, I mean, I feel like I will never have enough time to pursue and chase all the dreams that I have. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Oh, I feel the exact same way. There's so many projects <laughs> yes. in my notes and like so many things I could be doing. Yeah. So it's just kind of, I guess, yeah. being like, God, what do you want me to do? Because there's a lot we could do here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so, yeah. And like, we only have so much time for each Root Issues podcast. So we have to kind of chisel away about what are we going to talk about? What do we think is the biggest thing? And obviously, if you haven't caught our theme here, time, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I live in a place where, you know, my time is so heavily divided. Okay. Like Luke, you just stated that your, your life is work and fun. And you make time for both. <laughs> I, try to. Know, I mean, I'm like, okay, I got work. I got relationship times. I got family times. I got spouse times. I've got kid times. I got to deal with them teachers times, you know, that are in charge of my children. And so it just felt like my time just gets all divvied up. I got a buddy who was talking the other day. He was just like, I don't have margin. And I'm like, bro. Nobody cares. Work harder. <laughs> you know, like, because you got to work harder at even making margin. Or make or work smarter, one of those two. Well, yeah, work smarter or work harder, you know. But, I mean, it's like if you work harder to make margin, then you're actually thinking about, like, how do I need to bring margin into my life? Mm-hmm. Do you know what margin is? No, give me, give me your definition for that. Okay, just thought the way you were looking at me. Like, margin would be like, okay, right now, I don't really have anything to do. I'm totally free. I can do whatever I want, or I can choose to go work on this, or I can choose to work on that. So free time, essentially. Yeah, margin. Okay. Like, hey, tomorrow morning, I'm going to go for a mountain bike ride. No, I can't go for a mountain bike ride. I got an 8 o'clock m- meeting in the morning. Why did I Why did I schedule an 8 o'clock meeting? Mm-hmm. You know. So margin is when you feel like you have that freedom to move to what you feel led to be moved to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now, me, I get that feeling when I, when the checklist is complete, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, checklist is complete, I now do? I can move to margin. Now, like, now I have a checklist that never ends. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, oh, that's done, now let's go work on this project, you know? And then, you know, and I do have this philosophy of, like, sticking with a project until it's done, but I do spread them out. Mm-hmm. But Derek's, like, asking us this question, as an understudy of Jesus, if we go back to the quote that we are to be shaped and formed so that we may be more like Christ to benefit others... How are we using our time? Yeah. yeah you know? We can look at Jesus. I mean, he was what? He'd be walking, preaching. But the first few years of his life, right, he was a carpenter. Well, yeah, he was a carpenter. So you know, he I, was a son. I wish I had more insight on, on Jesus' life at that time. Like, how was he like? How did he act? I mean, sure, he's Jesus, so we kind of know. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, yeah, you know. Did he play the games with his brothers, or did he just always work, or like... I don't know what the balance was. Well, I mean, you know, but we see like at 12, you know, he's like, doesn't go back with his (laughs) family. He just stays in the temple. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. like, well, where'd you expect me to be? You know, and so there is this. But but here's where I want to point it out. Like, you know, when you look at Jesus, his margin was there. Like, he never, you know, he never failed to like, hey, salute, you know, put himself in solitude. Go away to the Father in prayer. So that when he was using his time, he was using it to the most maximum efficiency, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. 
Like, you know, there's this story in the Gospels where, you know, he's been healing everybody, but he gets up early in the morning. He goes off to a solitude place to pray. Peter and some of the other disciples find him. And they're like, dude, we've been looking everywhere for you. Come on. Come on. we got to go back. Man, their crowds are crazy. Mom's house is packed. There are many more people to heal. But Jesus says, no, now we're going here. We're not going back there. You know, and so then you get into like all of the, the pressures of the urgency and everything. And I mean, I do. I get a bad rap around here like I'm too busy to talk. Yeah. Uh, I'm too busy to do this. Well, I'm like, you know, we'll just keep it quiet there. You know, but, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, it's not because I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I just have so much I want to achieve and do. And maybe that's just my excuse, but having margin, how are we spending our time? Mm-hmm. So when you think about that one quote, being shaped like Jesus to benefit others, how much of your time is being spent in that pursuit? Not enough. Um, and I wish it was more, and the excuse I always use is like, okay, I'm doing this other work uh-huh. to make sure I have the lifestyle that's going to be most efficient to, I guess, reflect Jesus, which okay. isn't, I know it's not true, I yeah. think, but that's what he's an excuse. Yeah. It's like, I have to look successful. I have to be successful mm-hmm. to be successful in sharing the gospel. Okay. So... I think maybe that's the the main problem there. Um, yeah. I mean, for your generation, I mean, it's like, you know, how much do they get maybe that process that, it, that it's a process of being shaped and formed like Jesus so that they can be the best for others? Like, is that a missed thing? I mean, are they just so distracted? Um, you can't re- say that question again. Okay, so, like, when you think about your generation, because I've got something, I'm going to weave all this back together, but when you think about your generation, like, do they really seriously, I mean, is the younger generation really seriously seeking out to be shaped like Jesus? Like, they're attributing time to it. They're putting focus and energy to it. Or are they just so distracted by so much that's going on in the culture, you know, with all the other, I'm connected, I've always got an AirPod in, I've got Snapchat, I've got, you know, Instagram, I've got so much else that's feeding me that I have little time to think about my shaping and being transformed into the likeness of Christ. Yeah. I mean, I think for most people, most kids, especially going to college and all that, it's like maybe they were pursuing God, uh-huh. right? Cause they were in the right community, the right yes. discipleship. They were taken out of that. They were put in a different culture, a different group of people. Yeah. And they didn't have a strong enough foundation mm-hmm. so that it does make them you know, maybe even start coming out of that mold or yeah. putting the mold on hold and be like, okay, when I go back home, I'll keep working on this. Okay. Um, but then there's obviously, I mean, I can't t- talk for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. But there's a lot of people, um, like some, a friend I know that's going to college, right? He doesn't like it there. And I think he doesn't like it there because he's not willing to change his mold. He's not willing to not become like Jesus. He still wants to become more like Jesus, but everyone else around him is doing the opposite, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's why he's like, I, I don't fit in here. I don't want to be here. So mm-hmm. I think that was, is the main problem. And I'm glad he's not changing, but sometimes it means that you're not going to fit in. So. Yeah, no, you're not going to fit in. And maybe where you thought you were going to go to college isn't the best choice. And I mean, that would go back to like Steve, like, you know, like, hey, are we taking all of our decisions and putting them at the foot of the cross mm-hmm. and saying, God, what do you want? Do you want me to go to this school or do you want me to go to that school? Because I think sometimes we end up going to the schools that maybe, you know, our parents went to or that other friends went to. And we thought, oh, you know, the friend group's going to continue on. But then it just doesn't because yeah. culture is so oppressive. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I want to connect. Like, you know, you said that's the younger generation, but I'm like, I want to tie it to the soil because I think even for adults, like we want to think like, oh, we're really pursuing Jesus. But really, if we're not in the soil, 
of the church and connected in discipleship, we're not growing either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just maybe a misconception that you can grow out there on your own and not have a gardener and not have other people in the garden with you. And so the number three point that Derek made was that the understudy is part of the cast. Like an understudy can never assume like, oh, I'm, I'm just like part of this play only if so-and-so gets sick. Or only if so-and-so, like, you know, has a family crisis and can't show up on, you know, the night of the actual shooting or the actual play, then I get to come in. But an understudy actually believes they're part of the cast. They're supporting the cast. They're giving direction to the cast. They're taking direction. And I think that's for us is big when we look at that quote of, are we being shaped into the likeness of Christ? for the benefit of others, if we're outside of the church body, if we're outside of discipleship, if we don't see that we have a role in the church, in his bride, then we're not part of the cast. Mm-hmm. We're not even an understudy yeah, because we're not part of something that is doing something bigger. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is, I think there's a lot of deception. I mean, we, we want to kind of bridge this generational gap, but I mean, it's like the generational gap. Really, there's not a major generational gap. No, it's, just people. <laughs> it's just people yeah. and people falling for deception. Mm-hmm. You know, even falling for deception of like, well, I don't, I don't go to church anymore because the church hurt me. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't have to go to church because my feelings say church will just hurt me. But if you're not in that connective body, then how are you going to grow? Mm-hmm. How are you going to take on that matrix and that form of Christ to benefit others? Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, like, you know, so you, you primarily, like, you attend a youth group down Mid-Valley here mm-hmm. on Wednesday nights. A lot of Sundays you are pouring out into the middle school community here. And so, like, what would your counsel be to other young people who are, like, at church but maybe not really plugged in? Um. Well, see, any skills you have uh-huh. pretty much can be used for the kingdom, right? Yeah, absolutely. So asking God, okay, you've given me this skill, you've given me this gift, Yeah, how can I use it? Yeah. And so maybe don't you don't think you have one, but uh-huh. you do. So ask God for that. And if you don't have something direct, I mean, there's always things to do around the church, right? Yeah. And kids always love older kids, no yeah. matter who they are, really. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, there's, always, there's always kids in a church, so mm-hmm. go, yeah. go, go light them up, go be yeah. there. Um, and, you know, there's always older people love young people too. So yeah. just showing up, yeah, <laughs> showing well, up, just yeah. showing up is the first thing. Okay. Um, cause a lot of people won't go to church just cause like they don't feel like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't belong here, but yeah, you know, there's, there's always room. And I mean, I, I think <laughs> too, like, you know, when we look at like maybe some of that generational gap, I mean, it was like, I never felt like I was at home when I went to college mm-hmm. until I found church. Yeah. You know, like. Because that had been so rooted in me. And I think so many times today, maybe, you know, students go off from high school into college into their own communities of college, but yet they fail to find a church. They may find a parachurched organization on the college campus, but yet they fail to find a church body. And there's just something missing. I mean, I remember the first time I felt like I was connected to Aspen. And I went to a high school graduation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a youth pastor, so that's what I do. You know, it's like the first group of my kids that were going to graduate. I went to a graduation. And I'm like, this is what a local does. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when I think of that, like to being an understudy of Jesus, it's like, I got to think, what does Jesus do? And how does he do things, ju- you know, 
Derek brought in two powerful verses from John, from the Gospel of John. Um, John fourteen twelve. you know, if you are believers of me, you will also do the work that of the Father and greater works of these because I am going to the Father. In John sixteen seven, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. The helper must 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 come to you. But if I go, I will but if I go I will send him to you. Like so there's this transfer like Jesus is calling us up out of that understudy role, even though we're still understudies and being shaped and formed like him, but it doesn't mean that there has to be this moment in time where like you're ready. Mm-hmm. You know, you're ready. You you can just jump in and so the last point that Derek brought out was the understudy takes direction from the director. Yeah. You know. I was going to just talk about that too. Like, yeah. yeah. We as understudies, I guess, in this yeah. scenario, we don't just, you know, work on Sundays, right? We don't yeah. just have to show up or take yeah. directions from the director on Sundays, right? It's yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that's been a cool thing I figured out in the past few weeks is like everything we do in our lives, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be God or the other thing, right? We yeah. can incorporate Jesus and God into everything we do yeah. in our lives. And I think that's what we see from Jesus doing in his uh-huh. life is everything yeah. he did was for the Father, with the Father, right? With the Father, so from the Father. It's almost like we're secret agents, right? Yeah. In the sense of like we've, yeah. we have this boring desk job, let's say. Yeah. But the FBI pulls us aside in the side room is like, hey, you've got a job now. Yeah. They give us a mission. And mm-hmm. now you're doing the same things. You're doing the same faxes. You're doing the same taxes. Yeah. But you have a new mission the yeah. stuff you're doing is like just almost a separate thing you have mm. a main goal yeah and so i think that's just a cool mindset to have yeah purpose and vision and i mean it's like you know i look at it like decentralized command from military operations like you know my commander-in-chief and the people who are directing all the troops on the ground sit in a place where they see the entire battlefield arena they see the entire theater and so i'm checking in with god like what do i do here and how do i move forward here and do i talk to this person about this or do i wait and hold you know and then so like taking that direction from god is like saying okay he has this bigger picture for my life and how it can affect others and so i want to make sure that i'm using it in the most effective possible way and so i'm checking in with the director i'm checking in with the commander-in-chief saying how do i move forward here what do i do next Mm -hmm. and so it's like we got to look at it through this lens of as derek's putting it like an understudy and that if we don't really take our role of being like jesus seriously we're going to miss out on incredible opportunities that can shape and change our life yeah i like looking at it from the side of like we also have to be willing to take directions right yeah (laughs) so many of us are like okay I want to do whatever I want, right? Yeah. That's so built into the flesh. Yeah, um, totally. But like, I, I like to compare it to like, uh, like on film shoots. Yeah. The director will be next to me. He's like, okay, try this. I'm like, that's not a great idea. Yeah. It's not going to look good, but okay, yeah. I'll follow. I'll do what you say. And only later do you realize when it's gone through post-processing and all that stuff, like, oh, okay, now I know why you made me do that because now it fits in. Yeah. So a lot of times maybe God will tell us to do something like, why? No, no, like, no, 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 God. <laughs> no, oh, God. but... <laughs> You only will understand, I mean, maybe over in heaven or maybe not ever, but there's always a plan and a purpose behind it. So, Yeah, I love that, you know, just being able to take the direction and be like, this doesn't make any sense, but okay, we'll give it a try. And then it works, and then you see the bigger picture later. And I think that's the true case of an understudy. Like an understudy is taking direction, studying the script, looking at what the character's transforming into from the main character and saying, okay, how do I take on those attributes? So that when it's time to come, I'm ready to go. Yep. 
And so, I mean, we've kind of been everywhere and all places today, but really I want you to just think about time. Like, how are you spending your time? Mm -hmm. And is time a commodity that is on your side or against you? And how do you shape and form that? Because I think when we truly surrender to understanding taking orders, then we can truly see, like, how is our time going to be best used? And then we sit back and we're like, wow, everything that we did was profitable. Everything that we did, whether maybe it didn't end up exactly like we thought it would, we grew from it. We learned from it. And then we know that that's something that's on our side. Yep. So anything else about time, Mr. Luke? Yeah. I mean, there's a great example of what you just talked about. Yeah. I forgot the um, evangelist's name, but he took his whole family over to Africa. He was uh-huh. one of the first ones to do it. And it took him seven years to get one conversion. Yeah. But now through that one conversion, like there was a huge thing that spread, right? So yeah. it might take years and years yeah. until something happens. But I mean, yeah, just keep following yeah. the director. See what happens. Keep following the director. <laughs> All right. And we would love to hear about from you about time. How do you see time? What are some of your best practices in time? And how do you teach them to us? And so you can reach us at root issues at ccasman.com. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this midweek jolt. We hope we jolted you and that you are blessed with plenty of time to be an understudy this week. Thanks so much for listening. See ya.